Welcome everyone to a special edition of Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Earlier this week, had a chance to join Josh and Gino on the Fresh Take Network as we discussed the first, I guess, unofficial first half of the WCBL season. As some of you may know, I do play-by-play for the Okotoks Dogs. Okay occasionally. Um, and so we just talked about that. Now, full disclosure, we taped this before the All-Star game, which went down last night, was a ton of fun. Uh, congratulations to everyone who was able to pull that off. I know those are very difficult events to do, and they did it um, rather seamlessly, uh, at least from the outside. I'm sure there was a lot of internal screaming going on. But uh, yeah, congratulations to everyone in Okotoks who pulled it off. So some of the stuff might seem a little bit dated, but I think a lot of the conversation still holds up. So here is our chat about the first half of the WCBL season. What it is, what to do, welcome to Fresh Take, and we are hosting the Okadokes Dogs Halfway Season Review as we are coming up on the WCBL All-Star Game, which is hosted at lovely Siemens Stadium. First off, we introduce the longtime voice of the dogs, the one and only <laughs> Gino. Gino, thank you for coming and talking here about the dogs. Looking forward to it. Never done an all-star game in my life. So this could be a barrel of laughs or a barrel of monkeys, whatever way you want to put it. So it's going to be wild. And then the one, the only, he's got many hats, Peter Klein. Uh, literally and figuratively. Yes. yes. I, I am the owner of several, several chapeaus. Um, and I also do a bunch of stuff, uh, but yes, happy, happy to be here. I should have wore a hat. Like I missed the memo to wear a red hat today. So <laughs> So, sorry for doing my hair for youtube i guess oh, it looks great it looks great <laughs> there's not much in the back i'll tell you that right now so we uh we come here we're at the halfway point for the dogs uh three of the core broadcasters for this team maybe we can add a few more broadcasters like you joke we can get sandra we can get a few other people maybe <laughs> to come on and join stuff yeah for the dogs uh the dogs they uh they finished in their last 10, getting going six and four, unfortunately dropping their last one. Not a great last game for them, but they are the top of the WCBL. They're leading the Western Division right now at 33 and 12. I'm going to start with you, Gino, just because you've probably called the most games out of the, the lot of us. Kind of just first your initial impressions about this team with you kind of being the veteran of calling this group. Well, I guess this would be year three for that, but I, it, who's counting? It's, it feels like six with the pandemic. But yeah. uh, to be honest, I'm not totally shocked that the dogs are where they are right now because of Team Red and Team Black last year. I know me and Peter kind of joked a lot of times, like, are ready for another big Team Red and Team Black showdown last summer. And it was tough for guys like us, but for the – the building of the program that the dogs have, they got to showcase their Academy that I think pretty much, if you ask anybody is a hundred percent graduation to NCAA division one or division three ball, wherever you go. And it continues to, and even in the CIS or sorry, in Canada as well, there's a lot of great talent. And of course they've done some recruiting as well. You look at McCoy Pierce being one of them. He came out of the season flying with four home runs, I think in the first, I want to say like three or four weeks of the season, like it was, he was absolutely on fire and everybody else has just kind of followed suit and the development has been off the charts. And there's no surprise there. They got all the veterans, they've got the good players and they've got the great facility to help it out. So nothing shocks me. And I guess you want to call them Okotoks like Sylvan or Okotoks like Sylvan Lake is right behind them. And yeah, they, they stayed with them that game the other night where it went two hours where the dogs held on for a two nothing win. And it probably wasn't for two, three great pitching matchups. It could have been a lot different game. Peter, your thoughts so far in the halfway point. Yeah, I mean, um, much like Gino, like you, you could kind of expect this coming into the season because of the experience that a lot of these guys gotten. And like Gino said, being able to showcase this, um, the, the Dogs Academy being named one of, I, I think, their top three for uh, academies in North America. Like they've done a phenomenal job with this program and you can see it. A, you can see it in the development. Um, I, I've mentioned it on a couple of broadcasts to watch guys like Aiden Rose last year just get better as the season goes along. And then all of a sudden by the end of it, it's, oh, wow, this guy's hitting two 
73 and he's in the lineup every day when he just kind of seemed like he'd be the, the soft hitting second baseman replacement in the seventh inning to see guys like that develop and get that time to develop and now mixing them in with the great recruiting that they've done. And then again, to Gino's point, the facilities are incredible. Um, they, they gave me a, a walkthrough of it last year. And as someone who grew up in a small town of 2,500, where we had one pitching machine with little yellow rubber balls firing at us. Oh, those things um, hurt. To, Oh yeah, they sure did. You know, they sure did. Um, very predictable where they were flying too, but um, with with, to, with the facilities that the dogs have, like it, it is really second to none. And so to now see that playing out, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And what was crazy? They start the year. What was it? Winning nine or ten in a row, and then you, which you never look happens. At, which never happens with that team. They're always slow because all the recruits are late coming in. They're usually like two and six or two and eight, and then that. Did- well, and that was the crazy thing was that they got off to this good start. And then you're looking at the roster. It's like half of these guys aren't even here yet. Like yeah. you, you still had guys like McDowell who would come in late. Wilkinson came in late. Like you, you had these guys who were a little bit late to the party and just kind of uh, supplementing all of it. My, my only worry is that like we knew they were good. They knew they were good and they were miles ahead of everyone. And now Sylvan Lake has started to catch up. Was that switch kind of flipped off a little bit or can they get it back going? I think they probably can, but I think it's going to be a pretty fun race for a first, the, uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, definitely. Like you guys, you get, you hit on there, Peter, the, you know, it's my first year with the dogs. So my first introduction there and getting to call baseball and uh, it was everything I wanted it to be, you know, getting to be at the park and getting to, it's just a different vibe than what you've had to do you know, call hockey or, you know, for me, I'm called basketball for 10 years, called volleyball, called track called football but there's just a different communal type of feeling you feel from everyone at Siemens Stadium when you're there when the windows open when the windows close maybe that's <laughs> they're both open there. now so they're we're both open now so that's a little inside baseball quote-unquote for us here but yeah they started off great and then you you mentioned they had some losses but just an unwieldy road trip you know just the way they had to travel right I think they went from like Lethbridge then to Regina then to Swift Current they it was just an unforgiving travel road trip for them to start the season. And they were able to break 500 on that road trip. When I think a lot of teams, and you mentioned like, you know, guys like McDowell on that road trip, it was not a a very, very nice road trip for them to start the season on, but they at least broke 500 on it. Do you know, it's, it's something that, you're going to, you're going to try and offload your long road trip, which would also, I think they even went to Fort McMurray on that. They trip, did. Yeah. They, went mistaken. they started, yeah. they went Sylvan Lake, Fort Mac and down through Saskatchewan. The Fort McMurray trips. Uh, this guy's a little bit of a veteran of those. ones. Uh, they're, they're, ter- they're terrible. They're absolutely awful. But yeah. I think just like the whole grind that is the WCBL season now, and it's really kind of been turned on its edge here. The last well, obviously a couple of years, but with no medicine hat now in that division, it really kind of, I thought medicine hat might roll over the East and that's kind of where we'll maybe segue a little bit here to talk about the East just for a second. When Moose Jaw came into town, I was impressed. Like it was small ball. It was double single, double single. And they did hit one home run in the second game, but they swept the dogs at Seaman state, which no other team has done this year. And, it's not an easy road trip. It doesn't matter if Weyburn's got seven wins. You still got to play in Weyburn. I've been to Weyburn. It's a nice place in the summertime. So uh, maybe not the ballpark. I've never been to it. But, you know, one day maybe I'll cross that off the list. But it's not a, a Swift Kurt's always a very steady team. When they Whether they were the Swift Current Indians or now the 57s are always a competitive team. And you usually see those really good competitive teams on a candidate game in Okotoks. So you want to showcase the other side of the league. And, it's just going to be a fun weekend. I've never seen an all-star game before at that level of baseball. So a, a real good chance. You, of course, with the three of us split in the summer of baseball, we don't get to see everybody. So we all have different ins and outs of who, who, who should we watch for this coming weekend? Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting because we, we were talking about it before. I haven't seen any of the East teams, just the, the way the schedule is broke. I, I've been it, it's been nothing but West for me so far. So uh, the, the most I can add on any discussion about the East is I've played in the Moose Jaw ballpark before. And the sun's really annoying for a first baseman <laughs> at a certain time of night. That's that that's the extent of the the, the expertise I can provide is that so the first baseman best be bringing sunglasses. That's that that's the extent of it. But I'm excited to see what the, the rest of the league has to offer, because like you said, like Moose 
shot 28 and 15. Like there's obviously good players throughout this league. So excited to, to get a chance to see them uh, in a few days here. And we'll go over some of the all-stars, I guess, since we're on the all-star side of things, uh, you know, a few guys that one particular that we were surprised that wasn't an all-star, you know, specifically in the, you know, one player in Kazorla, the game that Peter and I did have together at the beginning of the season, we were just in amaze. Like Kazorla, every single time he was up to bat, he always just seemed to be the game breaker for them. When they needed a big hit, he got a big hit. When they needed a steal, they got a steal. Defensively, pretty good as well. So he just seems like a, a five-tool player for this team. So I'm a little bit surprised that Kazorla didn't get that all. Not a lot of dogs, and we'll talk about all the dogs that did get it. I was surprised, and I think you were too, Gino, that Kazorla wasn't one of those guys in the All-Star roster with how great he's been this year. Well, and I think even on top of that, Josh, it's the fact that you know, Kazorla, I believe his batting average right now, he's hitting, I think he's what he's, he's 360. He's, he's fourth in batting right yeah. now. And yet we don't see, you know, the top three guys that aren't in this, but I know there's a selection process of how this all-star game goes, but Kazorla to me, especially last year, he was so fun to watch and he was young and from the dogs Academy, he's from Columbia, he's from Caracas, Venezuela originally, but makes home in Okotoks and spends a lot of time at the, at the training facilities at the Duvernay field house. And every time he comes up, his walk up music where it has like that whistle at the beginning, it's just like mm. silence, something great is about to happen. And he's just been fun to watch. And I don't know what his intro music is called, but I, every, I called two of his whole runs. I called it Fuego number three and Fuego number four. So this goes for a lot of guys that are on this roster for the all-star game. Like it's a great showcase. And I'm glad to see a Jordan Bach as a really good catcher for the Fort McMurray giants. I really liked watching Fort McMurray in the last season series. They were at Steven Stadium with uh, my good buddy, uh, Ray Brown, coaching them. Uh, Reese Calvin, so fun to watch. Charlie Towers at short. That's a very strong team and a good hitting team. And they'll be dangerous to watch. They're in that spot right now. They're flirting with the Bulls for third. And Edmonton's trying to get in. You look at Jordan Moffitt is in the lineup. Like, uh, him as a reliever. He just mowed guys over. He kind of had the Matt Wilkinson effect a little bit into the right. late innings. But... He would just, it kind of reminded me on that Canada Day game. I can't remember who started for Edmonton, but Jordan Moffat finished the games. So it was kind of like the Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson sort of, all right, I'll do five, you pitch four, and we'll win this ball game. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Peter. No, go ahead, Peter. I was just going to say, just to, to piggyback off of that, uh, other guys who were kind of excited to see, uh, I just saw him in my last one, uh, but Ethan He from Sylvan Lake, um, mm -hmm. the, the dude is a, vacuum at second i may as well have just had a number four stamp for my scorebook because it was l4 four three four three put out just like uh, over and over and over again this guy was a vacuum there and getting it done with the bat as well i believe his batting average is over 300 so he is a guy who i'm excited to kind of get this showcase but just to add my two cents to the kazorla conversation i <laughs> i honestly like i saw okay all stars announced in my notes i typed all star by kazorla just to get ahead of it and i i caught myself and had to delete it the other day i was like i don't think he's actually <laughs> on there um because like he just uh, I, I think it was um, and, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I, I think it was Glenn Gullitson who he was the first that I heard say in the fabric of the game. And it feels like Kazorla's in the fabric of the game all the time when uh, when you what watch him play. fabric game, what? right? Like it's it. it but it works, right? Like just every time there's a ball game, he does something that impacts winning, whether it's something defensive, whether it's something on the basis, either stealing a base or forcing a pitcher into a balk or just getting from first to third on a single where a lot of guys wouldn't get that. And then, like you said as well, just mashing with the bat. I, I was I was very surprised. Um, and again, that's uh, maybe it's a bit of carryover from last year because he was so good a year ago as well. But I, yeah, I, I was very, very, very surprised he was not on the list. I'll maybe just punch in one thing. Maybe the bigger exception that's not an Okotoks dog is how Tyler McWillie is not on this roster. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's a seat. He's the Shohei Otani of the WCBL. Hits, bats, uh, sorry, hits, pitches, and does it all. And I remember he pitched and then hit in a game last year that I watched. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen because I don't get to see Shohei, obviously, on a regular basis. And But that maybe is the only other exception, like, 
I'm going to have to think on that one a little bit as we get closer to All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. One player that I'm excited to see again, and I've been, I think defensively in speed, a uh, guy from the prospects, uh, and I always butcher his name, so forgive me, but uh, Fear Stake. I think you got to see him a lot in Canada Day too there, Gino. Uh, he's second right now in WCBL and hitting great base runner, great defensively for them. There's a few games I've watched against the prospects where he's kept them in with his defense and with his base running ability. So, and obviously he's been a pretty clutch hitter for them as well. So good to have see him there, but even Cazorla, you mentioned just looking now, like Cazorla is fourth in WCBL and batting right now at, at, mm-hmm. at 360 right now. So again, it's kind of weird to not have him. And again, credit to you, Peter fabric of the game, such a perfect sense of it because he's just, <laughs> he's just there. He's just Mr. Clutch for them. And as we get mm-hmm. closer to the playoffs for the dogs, yeah, you know, the big bat of McCoy Pierce and he's sitting 358 maybe my favorite batting up music the first time i heard that and i heard the the hit him high from space jam and was like okay this super is weird amazing. super weird one to me yeah oh no i, I love don't know. it do you oh i love, oh, I love it. it yeah it gets me yeah. more fired up like not yeah. that i have to get super fired up but like it gets me more fired up just like i i want to just like get up and start doing jumping jacks or something when it comes on like it's so good <laughs> yeah well and, and pierce was hurt for two or three weeks or for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. when he was on his tear and he's just getting back he's still pretty solid at first and I, he was really good defense well the whole defense was good in that two nothing game obviously ricardo sanchez maybe another one that we haven't seen mm. that maybe could have cracked this lineup but but runner mcfarland jacob Murrow behind home plate brendan luther's been the everyday shortstop for this team and still as steady eddie as ever and Josh's favorite player by far, Micah McDowell, just patrolling oh, center field like there's no man. tomorrow. Like, what did he steal? Six bases the one day you call the game or something like that? Four. So he had four. Okay. Four, he had four stolen bases. He got hit twice. In that game. <laughs> he walked. He got a double. He got an RBI double in that game. He's he's one of the most electrifying. I said this in a tweet. You know, because I've had the privilege of calling basketball for the state Trojans and the Dinos the last handful of years. So I've seen, seen a lot of great athletes, athletes now that are in uh, the Canadian Basketball League. And, you know, you guys have got to see some great hockey players, Cal McCarr for you, Gino. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure he's not at that level, but uh, he's maybe the greatest athlete I've had the privilege of calling. Matthew Trevellini is probably the second great ath- greatest athlete who's done great things in track. Uh, getting this new stuff with him, seeing his state and breaking a bunch of Alberta records. But McDowell, and it's crazy because you look at his Oregon State stats, right? And it's just like, okay, yeah, like he had four four steals in it's the like, season eh. at an in, in, in NC2A level. And then it's, he comes here and it's like, this is just a different little sandbox for McDowell all of a sudden, the way that he can base run here. No kidding. I think at, he, he was a late ad last year. I can't remember if he teamed – I think he played for Team Black last year as my prep is probably not up to snuff today, apparently, but he was like, okay, this is just a really, like you said, you, he looks like a really good athlete. It's like, if I picked him to be on my basketball team, he could probably be a starter by the end of the season. If I showed him how to play or same with volleyball, any sport. And that's what makes baseball so great. I, they, they, there is a lot of two sport athletes when you come to baseball, even though if you're at the Academy, your one sport is, is baseball, but, I, I I couldn't dis I couldn't agree more with you of what Micah McDowell has done and Noah Geeky I haven't seen him pitch this year he's just been a fighter which was the absolute opposite last year yeah you're yeah. the he warmed up my game he was going to come in for Matt Wilkinson if he blew the save I think but I was like well that's not going to happen so that's why he took a bullpen session and haven't and he's been in the field so it's a really diverse group and probably minus maybe the 2007, the 2008 dogs teams, probably the most talent as a whole this group has. Well, you mentioned geeky. I mean, it was a rough out and I think he gave up five runs. You could see the stuff like Jermaine was like, you can see the stuff here and he has a nice breaking ball and decent fastball, but they were just all over him in that game. And he ended up staying in the game batting for two more times around, which he's not supposed (laughs) to. And literally broke point streak because he wasn't supposed to be back in so point streak completely broke because they're like why is the pitcher doing this this isn't supposed to be happening so i had to go the old school that was my first time to really really because i had been relying on point streak live 
to kind of follow along with some of the stats. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm counting baseball the old school way here. Uh, but I mean, you talked about him, just a, a great talented athlete. His brother obviously just now plays for the coyotes. He was a lottery pick. So, and I, I believe his brother was down for that candidate game that you got to be at. Uh, yeah. Well, and Morgan Geeky plays for the Seattle Kraken. So the, yeah. there's some, there's some athletic prowess. In yeah. It's a little talented. Yeah. And Not you bad. can tell that Connor has some talent. We'll see where he comes during, uh, you know, we just had two dogs drafted in the MLB draft, which is super exciting to see. And uh, I'm guessing you had the privilege of getting to see both of those gentlemen, uh, Gino. I did. Uh, it's a great story for Jacob Melton because it was actually on Calgary radio the other day where manager Mitch Schmidt talked about him. He went second round and that's, that's pretty high prowess where you're heading to in baseball. And apparently he was terrible his first year with the dogs, like absolutely uh, garbage. <laughs> I don't want to say garbage, but uh, I, I'm just paraphrasing what Mitch had said. And they benched him for a while. Then he finally kind of got into a groove and was part of that championship team in 2019 that, that beat Regina in a, in a great series and was, was a big contributor to that. And to me, Gavin Logan is a catcher. He, he looks the part, he plays the part, the way he, though his stance and that extra little stretch on the outside corner framing, that guy's a baller and getting him in the ninth round to Arizona. I'm really excited for that. I've, kind of been an adopted Arizona Diamondbacks fan. And of course, everybody will kind of draw their eyebrow because I am a Red Sox fan first, but actually going to Chase Field, like I could play ball. Like if I was, if I had no worries in the world, I'd play in Arizona the rest of my life. Like I, that's why it made me just the sidebar of why doesn't a hockey team work here? Cause I would love it here. So, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. But Gavin to me just looks the part of like a strong catcher that Buster Posey and just maybe a little Yvonne Rodriguez, like aggressive at, at the plate catching. He's got all the tools there. And yeah, there, Peter. Uh, I, I didn't get the chance to, to see him, but um, you, you think about the, the Dogs Academy and you talk about like the progression from year one to year two, year three. There, there's another example of it where the first year, okay, we got some work to do, but like you go through there and it's okay. Well, if you need to work on this, then we have this area here. If you need to work on this and we got this guy there, like it, it, it really is an incredible facility for, for player development. And if you are a young player, like I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go there with, with all due respect to any of that. I'm not saying don't go to Silver Lake or anything like that. Like I'm sure every things right there as well yeah. but it, from from a, a baseball playing standpoint it really is the perfect setup there and you can see uh some of the development that a lot of these players have gone through absolutely uh you know you're talking about catchers uh jacob morrow i've been he's an all-star super impressed with him just a, a clutch bat but defensively he guards the plate so well like there's not many wild pitch i think we've seen one wild pitch get by him but for the most part he guards his plate really 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 well Mm -hmm. his arm too is phenomenal like mm -hmm. uh the, the last game i had there was first and second nobody out and he got the guy off second leaning too far and then he got the guy off first leaning too far and all of a sudden bases are empty and there's two away like his arm is a difference maker back there and because base stealing has kind of gone out of the the big league game now you don't think of that from a catching standpoint but again talking about someone of Pudge Rodriguez who would change game plans I, I think Morrow is kind of along those similar lines where that that arm is a factor and you have to be aware of that and especially at Seaman Stadium it, it is a big ballpark though the ball does not necessarily fly out of there yeah, base running, you have to mind your P's and Q's and kind of has to be station to station, try to get your advances where you can. And so to not or to be able to to force teams to kind of throw away the base running angle is a big factor, I think. You know, you took everything that I was going to say. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Jacob Morrow this year. I haven't seen as much from. Um, Jeez, I'm losing everybody. JJ, name. they have so many. Yeah, they have so many catchers too. They have Kobe Levitz, who was on their roster last year. Mm -hmm. He's kind of been on the back burner with the academy. He's a younger catcher, and it, there's no, there's like they have abundance. They have just an abundance of everything. Yeah, you need a catcher. I've got three. What do you need? <laughs> like, and so versatile that lineup is. And 
it's going to be hard to, it's going to come down. And I think we always know this answer, Josh and Peter, uh, when kids start going back to school in August, they have pushed the league back so that, or to finish a little bit sooner. So all of your guys are still kicking around before they head back to school. How many are still going to be stuck at sticking around yeah. by the time the playoffs roll on? Cause it's a, those are best of three. So yeah, for pitchers, you need probably three games out of, two or three of your top pitchers to have a chance to win. Well, and that, that was, and it's why I, I still have like a bit of pause this year because last year it felt like it was dogs, blacks world and everyone else was just living in it. And then you look at the lineups in the playoff games. It's like, I've called half this team's games and I don't know who some of these guys are, um, yeah. but it's just a bunch, a bunch of the big guys have gone back. So um, that, that depth is going to be key and, and guys like Kobe, uh, sorry. Um, God damn, now I'm Gino's got me rattled. Uh, Kale Levins <laughs> and guys like that. Um, guys like Aiden Rose again, who I brought up before, who are hanging around for a little bit longer before heading back to school. I guess Aiden probably wouldn't be, but guys like that are going to be very important for you as you go into the, the final few weeks of this season now. And I think I what they've done with their what they've done with their bullpen too, I think is a case for that, right? We, we don't see the starters, I don't I haven't at least seen a starter go more than maybe six. They normally go to that six and then it's an inning. It's a pitcher and inning to really get those reps in as they get ready for the playoff time. But I have not, even if a pitcher is rolling, they get, I've seen a few guys come in. I think the last game we saw, I think it was uh, Brody Fruno or David Chase. I think it was David Chase came in, boom, three strikeouts in a row. I'm like, okay, well, surely they're going to bring him back in. No, save him in the pen, save the arm, bring out another guy. That typically has been the role that they have gone out of the pen so far this year. Well, and the big thing there, there is some, there's some very direct instructions from NCAA coaches. My pitcher does not pitch more than this many pitches uh, or go this many innings. There is a very concrete, do not deal with this. But Bobby Vath did go eight innings on Tuesday night wow. before Wilkinson took over. And I looked at pitch count, I'm like, okay kind of kick it around there so maybe they got a little bit leeway here but Bobby Vath may not play for a game for the dogs because he might miss a start just just because and you're probably going to have the odd game of you're probably going to have a Noah Geeky spot start here somewhere just to kind of get through that stretch but they're very they're very direct on what my players are doing and I think the big one out of that is actually Matt Wilkinson because mm -hmm. first game he played I was like this kid's going to go seven innings in and strike out 20 though he he got he got rocked in five and he did start winning again after but mitch schmidt and dave rob and crew all make the decision to put him into the bullpen and now has three saves and he's three for three in the save department no doubt about that and that's gonna be something too like as you mentioned might be able to use matt wilkinson for some long relief mm -hmm. yeah. i i love what they're doing with the bullpen right now where it, it's kind of um, Kansas City Royals-esque when the Blue Jays were faltering against the, the Royals back in 15, where you can kind of make it a seven-inning ball game because McFarland was lights out in the bullpen. Now you have him coming in in the seventh, which I think is illegal in some countries. And then Wilkinson <laughs> in for the eighth and ninth is ridiculous. So now if a starter only if a starter goes six strong, it's, you're going to make a comeback against those cats. I, ew, it's going to be tough so that they can, they can put that pressure on early. They're so good at getting out of the, uh, again, a, a Lewism, but starting on time. Um, they're, they're very good at doing that. And then shutting things down on the back end. Like it's, it, it is a very, it's a very good setup. And even if it is brought on by college coaches saying, Hey, you don't overthrow them because I have to make that kid pitch 225 uh, outs or 225 pitches over three days on a weekend in Omaha, Nebraska. How dare you? Um, but <laughs> that's, that's another rant for another day. I, I love it. I just, I, well, it reminds me of Mariano Rivera in the nineties in the playoffs where uh, Tom Gordon would go before him in the seventh and then he would go two if they, if Joe Torrey really just wanted to be an ass about it and say, yeah, all right, you're getting sick, six strikeouts or four strikeouts and thanks for coming. So that's, it, it has that sort of familiarity, but I don't want to pump these kids egos up too much, even though I watched Matt Wilkinson come in. This was the year that they won. He was a small, he was a smaller version of himself right now. And, he came in the seventh inning of a random playoff game and struck out the side. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, where did he, you know, like, why? I think I'm in love. 
Well, no, <laughs> stop it. But and, but he said still at high school too. I was like, good lord, like you're throwing eighty eight mm-hmm. and like you're sixteen, seventeen years old. Like, I think he might have a future. Kind of reminds yeah. me of uh, Eric Gagne or like a CC Sabathia approach with mm-hmm. the left hander, just yeah. the build that they have. And that was the first. I'm like, yes, yes, do that. Yeah. Like, if you if you aspire to be those two. You might make some money too. I thought Java Just, Chamberlain. That's the same first thing I brought to Peter. <laughs> we saw. That's the first thing I brought I, up to Peter. It's funny that you mentioned Java Chamberlain, yeah. not for the Matt Wilkinson comparison, but the other night, maybe a week ago, there was one player, one pitcher for an opposing team. And maybe it was Wayward. Guy kept like brushing his face. There's a big swarm of mosquitoes, like kind of flew mm-hmm. in. And I was going back to that one playoff game. I can't remember who were they played. Cleveland. It was, it was like Cleveland. all those. Yeah, they were crawling all over Java yeah. Chamberlain's yeah. sweaty neck. And I don't know what it was, but I just had to bring up that for Bugs and Java Chamberlain. That's my that's my biggest memory of Java Chamberlain. <laughs> oh man! Now anytime Wilkinson comes out, now I'm going to say that they're they're sticking to the Wilkinson rules. Like they they had the Java uh, rules back the in the Java day. rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, so Bruno right now, he leads the WCBL in wins right now. He's an all-star. So he's obviously going to be their number one ace as we head towards the playoffs. Who else do you kind of think that will be the, the second that they'll go with as, as playoffs come up that, okay, we know that this guy can give us a head full of good innings that he can be second after Bruner heading into playoffs. Ooh, it's tough because you look at how the bullpen's kind of operated. Uh I would think your number two is Bobby Vath, but remember Quinn Toshnuk is around and Julian yeah, Tomachko is kind of kicking around. They are, yeah, it, they have a lot of options. Uh, Tomachko being who he is, uh, I believe is hurt right now. I think he's on the reserve roster. He may not be back with the team right now. Graham Seltzer's another one. Like they have the options to kind of go deeper into their bullpen and, and David Case can go long relief too if they want to go that direction. Baltus had a rough go against Lethbridge yesterday, and but I just the way I watched Bobby Vath's last two games or how he responded after getting lit up by Fort McMurray in a seven-two loss with a game that he won two nothing against. So like he's your number two, and just depending how your innings are going, you might go Wilkinson in a game three for a situation like that. You might spot yeah. stardom that way i could totally see it but those would be my three right off the hop without even without even thinking about it what about yeah you, Peter? Uh, i think i think wilkinson would be interesting like you're down one nothing as like hey we kind of need need this one maybe you do that but then for a game three i don't know i i haven't seen enough of that my, my first thought was um and uh, tomochko um i just i i've seen more of him but just looking at the, the numbers Vath would certainly be on there. But like you guys have said, they have some options if they wanted. You wouldn't see this necessarily in a, a best of three, but if you needed to do a bullpen game, you you absolutely could. Um, like there's just, again, like you said, there's options everywhere. There, there's extra outfielders, there's extra infielders, there's extra catchers. Um, I, I'm sure there's extra coaches just hanging around that we don't know about. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, we have, they have four broadcasters. Like there's just, they have depth <laughs> everywhere. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're not the sure Park Crusaders had like six their one year. <laughs> Um, so no, but I, I, I would be in agreement then that Vath would probably be the guy. I just, I haven't seen enough of him. Um, but I, I think I would be very interested to see what the utilization of Wilkinson is just throughout. Right. Cause we see in the big leagues all the time, bullpen management changes in the playoffs. The closer all of a sudden comes in in the fifth, sixth inning. If it's a, a 10 situation, how willing would the dogs be to, to do that in those situations, given the amount of talent they have everywhere else? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and then I kind of wanted to talk about the, the start of the lineup here, which is two players in particular, Brandon Luther and Tucker Zadunich. Uh, Luther has been terrific at leadoff. I think he's been great. Zadunich is such an interesting player to watch. Uh, he had that streak there where it just seems like he was wearing golden sombreros, but then he was just, then he just comes in and gets big hits all the time. I was like, I cannot, but great defensively. It's like, I cannot make heads or tails of Tucker Zadunich because he does have a nice batting average, but then there's these games where he's wearing a golden sombrero. The pride of Hyper Alberta's Tuckers of course. Yeah. No, I yeah. I loved watching him in Dogs Red last year. It's funny. Here's the big stat line difference. His his average has gone down, and but he had five home runs last year. He has none at this. I year. know it's crazy. So it's it doesn't. 
it doesn't make a whole lick of sense to be honest, but I, he, it, he could be that guy that is saving for the playoffs. This is just a, like the Paul O'Neill's of the world, right? Like mm. <laughs> that's who I cut it. That was my first thing. Like if this kid gets to the playoffs and gets to the rhythm, Mitch Smith is going to be licking his lips and say, I'm just going to throw Tucker out. And he'll like, I, he's got, yeah. The two random, like he reminds me of Paul O'Neill. That is like my. It's a great comparison. Sorta... It's a great comparison, Gino. <laughs> like, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure I'm the Gatorade gonna... boxes in the our Gatorade cases in the, the dugout are thrilled <laughs> with that. But I, I think that's a weird, and it's just so strange how his game has. He's technically got more hits this year. They're just not extra big. He's got 45 hits compared to 38 at this point in 33 games last year. So, and he's played 41. So he's just, he's creeping above average. He just hasn't had those extra base hits this year. And what's weird is like he had 17 with Reinhardt this year. Like it's not like it was something throughout the year, like at university, he was mashing as well. And now here, and like his RBI totals are up and I had him the other night against uh, Sylvan Lake, where just like, it, it's one of those ones where sometimes when you're on a roll, like the ball just seems to find you. Um, it, it just seemed like he was on a roll and every time he came up was a big moment and he delivered in all of those. And he is another one who I thought last year really benefited from the two teams and mm-hmm. that experience. Cause I thought by the end of the year, he was probably the best player on dogs red. And I think just having that, like, okay, guys hop on, let's go. Um, I, I think is beneficial for someone. And he obviously built off of it this year with Reinhardt. And now um, with, with this dogs team where he is, I don't want to say in a complimentary role, cause he's still at the top of the order, but it, it doesn't have to just be him. I, I think has benefited him greatly. Which kind of goes back to my Alejandro Cazorla He's batting first. He's batting fourth. He's batting mm-hmm. eighth. He's batting. Ah, uh, you just hit ninth tonight, and yeah. it'll surprise everybody. So, <laughs> I love that that di- that dynamic that they have. I re- like that's I, the another team. Lynchpin in that lineup is Sanchez, who I've seen have a few really good clutch games, and has been one maybe the second base uh, best base runner on that team next to McDowell. I'd say. Uh, I, I put Cazorla a little ahead. Cazorla, of yeah, that's but true. That's true. Yeah, I, I do love his patience. I remember again this. Yes, Lewis, that's what it I is. remember. I remember watching him back in 2019 in the playoffs. He was one of those kids like, oh crap, everybody's gone from this roster because there was. Uh, Eddie Sanchez's older brother, but little brother Ricardo got to pinch hit in the playoffs. And if I'm not mistaken, either got the game tying run or the game win- eventual game winning run in that championship game against Regina in 2019. He's got, he's a very patient batter as well. He's always at least the last two games of watch him has at least one quality at bat per, per game. So he's got, again, all the tools that big brother has and another dogs Academy graduate. If you, I may add as well. And the thing I like about Sanchez is the sorry to, to interrupt. Oh, again, no, go ahead, Peter. Um, go ahead. The, the thing I, I like about Sanchez is the, the bat speed. And that I think allows mm. you to be a bit more patient because you can you can allow for that. Now we're talking about like heartbeats of time, but you can allow that ball to come in for just a split second longer. And OK, yeah, I can swing at this one and you can get there. It's very kind of for for uh, I was going to say older Blue Jays fans. Not that long ago, but uh, it's kind of um, peak Aaron Hill esque where you can just <laughs> wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. And then the swing, boom, the bat is just like gets the barrel of the bat through the zone so quickly, like, and that allows him, he can wait a little bit longer on pitches to see if it's a ball or a strike, see what the movement is. And he's good going the other way. He's got a quick bat. So he can pull a lot of pitches that you wouldn't necessarily think he can pull and he can wait on those. And that gets you to like twice as many walks as strikeouts, which he has this year. And then, like you said, he's a problem on the bases. So I I'm with you guys. I really like his game a lot. Well, yeah, his patience is one of the best I've seen because he, he will take walks. I think he's the leader in the dogs and walks if not up there. And, by the way, if we're going to a Gen Z audience right now, it is over their head with Aaron Hoyle and Paul O'Neill. <laughs> I Chava wanted to say, yeah. how, how did we go from um, Alejandro Cazorla to Paul O'Neill to Aaron Hill all yeah. in like a span of five, ten minutes? I think the only reference anyone will get was uh, Gino with the CC Sabathia. And that's only because he has a podcast right now. Like that's probably. He has a podcast. Yeah. He's on Bill Simmons um, network. Yeah. He's on the ringer. Oh, Um, I need to, I, I don't podcast enough. I, 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 I listen to couch potato and fresh take, but. Of course. Of course. I really don't. I, I, what am I missing right now? Mike? Well, CC Sabathia apparently. 
Yeah, and I love CC Sabathian. He played for the Yankees, so that shows how much I liked him. I loved the old um, the the score when they had the radio station and Cam Stewart always called him um, Carbs and Calories Sabathia. (laughs) I I, that that has stuck with me for for, and then he lost some weight and so they called him Celeries and Carrots Sabathia for a bit. He was he. I remember when he played for Cleveland. I know we're supposed to be talking about the WCBL, but when he was Cleveland Sabathia, like. That was like that was the only thing stopping the Boston Red Sox from moving on. Was yeah. oh crap, we got to face him for the third time in the series. And well, he had the year at the Brewers too that was locked down. Yes, right? yeah, he pitched yeah. every third a- game. Like mm-hmm. uh, he, he was on three days rest the entire second half of the baseball season to get that team into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Didn't he hit like a couple home runs too? Yep, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, love me some CC Sabathia. Love me yeah, some. I think the podcast is called, I guess, Cheap Plug for the Ringer here. I think it's called <laughs> CCBC, and it's CC, and I believe one of the voices of the Yankees uh, that does the show oh, as okay. well. Yeah, so as a Red Sox fan, maybe not as enjoyable for you right now. <laughs> hey, like I said, it, it, hey, it's the off year for the Red Sox, but somehow they're in a so, somehow in playoff contention this year. Yeah, don't worry. And Peter and I know the it, same thing with our Blue Jays. Yeah, it's it's an off year. Like they win the championship and then they're they're supposed to fail, and now we're in that cycle again, right? So it is R two C two with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco. Yeah, okay. Ryan Rucco. Yeah, it, it's a good show. It's a good show. Get us back on track, Josh. Yeah, I will. Uh, so we come back. There's going to be, I think, about five, six games left in the season. And then, like you said, Gino, the NCAA season will, you know, at least that the teams will want their players back and everything like that. Uh, but I think the playoffs only go to like the 14th. Like they, these playoffs, they're going to go by fast. There'll be players this season or in the playoffs. If they, like, especially pitchers, if they don't have to pitch anymore, they may, they won't be there for a celebration. They'll be, wow. let's say, let's say they pitch at seven o'clock at Seaman stadium on a Wednesday night. They're going to be on the red eye to California or uh, Lynn Benton community college Thursday morning at 2 a.m or okanagan that's, and uh yeah. oregon state because that seems where 75 percent of the dogs yeah. are from. <laughs> well there's a lot of connections there with mitch yeah. schmidt and andy peterson and joe surgent and uh johnny or candia as well for yeah. recruiting so lynn benton is a big one always like, yeah. that's because yeah. uh and andy peterson's there as the manager so yeah that's it's uh it's been a fun season for this dogs team and I guess I'll hit you on this Gino and then go to Peter but you know you've had you know the the senior here of getting the call of this team and you've seen championships and everything like that <laughs> uh, you guys talked about the two academy teams and where everything was last year now we have all of one they're leading you mentioned Sylvan Lakes coming on Moose Jaw is great I, I think this Edmonton team really seems to be getting their stuff together as well we're seeing a lot of those teams gel right it, it's almost hard to kind of judge some of the teams in the WCBL in the first 10 games because we mentioned the start, the roster is not fully complete. Uh, as we come down the stretch here, where are you feeling, Gino, for this dogs team heading into the playoffs? Oh man, it's gonna be a tough first. It's gonna be a tough first round. I don't know who you want in the first round. Yeah, there, I'll go back to just some historical parts with the dogs a little bit. When the Edmonton prospects were coached by Ray Brown. They gave the dogs team headaches every time in the playoffs and beat them a couple series in a row with Ray at the controls. So if Fort McMurray gets into the four seed, that is going to be that Mike, that's going three. That to me, that is firmly going to go three games, just the way Fort McMurray has been played. And that's the way it would be. And then you'd have Lethbridge and Sylvan Lake in the two, three with Edmonton, what two games back if i'm not yeah mistaken. i, 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 I said and brooks are two games back and brooks yeah, is not they're not horrible like remember Man. like they're their hockey teams have always been good but their <laughs> baseball <laughs> yeah. teams are getting better like you look at this weekend you're gonna see matt wolf who's one of the leaders in home runs oh, I, I think wolf there's a, a lot to of watch yes i haven't seen him much this year He's i haven't great. seen i really enjoyed watching him the games I watched Brooks this year was opening weekend where the dogs won 16, nothing and 11, two. So yeah. I saw I did get to see. two. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But it, the, the West division so good. And I thought mess and hat would be a hair better in the East because they were out of the West and they were the dogs big, biggest rival for years along with right. Lethbridge. But I, I think that's 
that's Moose Jaw's division to lose, and they'll be in the WCBL final. Like I, I'm firmly, I, I, you could call it a guarantee. I'm calling my shot there that whoever wins the West is playing Moose Jaw in the WCBL final. I don't know, yeah, I, I would, Peter. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Um, and like I just that Brooks team because I I do the the player prep and then I look at like standings and all that stuff after. And I did the player prep and then I looked at the standings. And I was like, wait a minute. Those don't match up. These are not mm-hmm. Brooks has yeah. like five guys hitting over 300. Now they can't pitch a lick, but they got like five guys hitting over 300. They have a couple of pitchers who are pretty good. I'm exaggerating for humor purposes. Um, but like, I, I just, I looked at that team. And I was like, how are they, this is, this is not the st- uh, statistical makeup of a last place team. So I get we're kind of running out of runway here to, to really take off, but that you guys are right. Like I, I, you normally you finish first like okay good matchup and then it's going to be difficult in the the second round it's going to be difficult in the second round with either a lethbridge or a, a sylvan lake but it is not going to be a cakewalk in that first round whether it is for mcmurray edmonton or yeah. brooks that there are there are problems on all three of those teams well i think the brooks thing actually pete if i'm not and i haven't been to elks field i think it's a smaller field so the hitting is up when you're at right. home, which is great. How dare you play well at home? Cause that's your job. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a factor there that that's maybe one of the smaller parks in the league. And I just wanted, I wanted to bring this up before we kind of disappeared was you look at the East division home run derby with Nate Mensick. He's got nine home runs and then Nate Bach from Regina was six. Also Nolan Machabrota from, Waber, they've got six. I, I feel like those diamonds are obviously going to be a little bit shorter in distance because when you come out west, McCoy Pierce has got five. Matt Wolf has six, but he's in Brooks. And I, I have Caden Zeroni with four, who's supposed to be the other participant from uh, Sylvan Lake. He's got four. So is there a little bit of an issue there with pitching and length of field? So I'm curious how things are going to go when it comes to the home run derby on the weekend. Yeah, because yeah. it's a big ballpark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I got robbed of a call. Uh, so this is kind of a little bit broadcast booth side. I thought, I think it was Tucker. Actually, I thought he had his home, first home run, right? And so that sun getting your eyes even as a broadcaster. I'm like, and it's back, back, back. And the defense did the thing where they kind of, you know, crash into the wall, right? And I had my MLB The Show brain on where, you know, when those when those those AI guys, they go into the wall, it's like, well, that, that ball's gone, right? And it, it touches the like borderline side of the fence and just falls right out. And I'm just like, it's gone. Ah! And I was like, jeez. Oh yeah. Well, you almost think like something like because of the age of these players when they're making the, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, "Ah, they got it. They caught it. Like, well done. Like we forget the caliber that they are. And I haven't seen a home run robbed yet in my time in the WCBL where somebody leaps the fence. That's probably the last thing on my list for that. I have seen one baseball touch the Petro Canada parking lot. A no couple way. Years ago. Jacob Melton did that. There you go. <laughs> That's why he's in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I believe it was Jacob Melton. All right. So just before we get out of here, I figured I'd uh, here. So here are your dogs that are going to the all-star game. They have six dogs going. So we talked about their ace and Graham Bruner. He's there. Uh, also uh, Ryan McFarlane. He is an all-star on the bat side. You have the terrific Jacob Morrow is going Brandon Luther, McCoy Pierce, the super talented does it both ways. Noah geeky and the speechster Micah McDowell going, obviously we, you talked about how we'd like Cazorla there, but uh, terrific uh, lineup of dogs that will be representing at the WCBL All-Star Game, which will be live on Home Team Live and will be live from Seaman Stadium. And tickets are still on sale. The ballpark opens at 4 p.m. and the Home Run Derby starts at 5 o'clock. Game starts at 7.05 and fireworks afterwards. Did I get everything in my promo ability there? I think you I think you nailed it. That was a one-take, one-take yeah. promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here, anything la- la- left to add, Peter? No, I, I think we covered it. I'm just, I'm excited to see all this talent. Like I said, like we, we only kind of, um, parachute in for a game or two and then parachute back out. So it's going to be mm-hmm. fun to see all these guys on the field at the same time. And this is going to be a, a really, really fun showcase, I think for the league. Absolutely. Yeah. Ditto. Like, I, I, I'm just curious to see how players react to an all-star game. Uh, will they be fully engaged? Are they? It's going to be just a, a weekend at Bernie's sort of situation. 
I, I think you'll see the, this dog's team at home. See, I, I think you'll get a full, almost a sellout for Seaman Stadium for this because there's fireworks. Fireworks and Southern Alberta, it's just a, a fascination that I need to see these, so I need to go to the ballpark. And I firmly think, like, there's so many players in this in this All-Star game. Like, you got, are you going to see all the dogs on at the same time? Probably not, but the starting lineups, that's what I want to know. Who starts and who is on the bench first? Because there's going to be some mute. There might be some mutiny on the bench for trying to get mm. in or trying to get somebody out of the game. But I just hope, let's just hope everybody has fun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So once again, if you want to hear the game, if you try to get to the park, there's still limited tickets left uh, to get into the dogs. Check it out at beautiful Seaman Stadium. Even if you're, you know, from one of these visiting teams or you're from Calgary up the road or Cochrane or anywhere along the, uh, the borderline here in the, the Calgary's vicinity, go check it out. And if not, you can somehow you'll hear all of us at one point on home team live during that game. It's going to be an all-star broadcast. And uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks to Peter and uh, the dogs broadcast legend in Gino. And until you've been doing it long enough. It goes to that level. <laughs> Legend. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> modest. Uh, and until next time, everyone, cheers and enjoy the games, people. All right. That is our show. Once again, thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online. ClearwaterCleaningSolutions.com. Talk to you guys later this week. I'm out. <laughs>